1: Welcome to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Your Partner in Law is brought to you in part by the law firm Gregorick & Associates PLLC. Charting your course to a secure future. Your Partner in Law starts now. Here's your host, Rick Gregorick.
2: Welcome to your partner in law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick, and we're here to talk to you once again remotely from an undisclosed location in Kirkland. We don't want to tell anybody where we are. So, uh, folks, uh, wow. All I can say is wow. Turbulent times has never had quite the same meaning as it has today. I mean, as I look through all the things that have transpired in my life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the ups and the downs, so many things happening at once is what's, you know, boy, talk about a domino effect here. Obviously, starting back in the beginning of the year, be it like February into March, uh, we learn a whole new word of COVID-19. We all learn about ventilators and PPE, and uh, there's a whole new language that's been created. And we're all having to adapt to shelter in place, stay in place, businesses shutting down. Um, then we kind of started seeing, you know, some little reopenings. So and this is just COVID we're talking about. And COVID has, you know, resulted in economic uh, calamity, I guess, to, for lack of a better term, that we are just, you know, being crippled economically. You know, over 40 million Americans are out of work. Um then we have the, the tragedy surrounding George Floyd's um, being uh, killed, and, you know, that was horrible. There isn't an American I've spoke to that doesn't have the same reaction. However, how we do act, and then the resulting protests, which many have turned um, rather violent the property damage and folks you know a lot of these things we oftentimes say well that's over there or well that's new york or that's los angeles well it's seattle it's bellevue it's kirkland it's redmond it's pretty much everywhere right now and um, so we've got things we have uh, six blocks in seattle in the capitol hill area that is being occupied right now um it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but uh, certainly lots of folks have um, varying opinions there. So we're all going to see. But from an estate planning perspective, from the lawyer's perspective, I mean, I could talk for the next three hours on constitutional issues and things of that, but maybe we'll let that, uh, the news handle that for a while. But as an estate planner, bringing that down to the personal level for you and me, us, You know, Washingtonians, people in Kirkland, Redmond, Bellevue, wherever you are, whether it's, you know, Tukwila or Snoqualmie, Duval, Monroe, we're all in this bucket together, folks. And one of the things that we look at as an estate planner is, you know, we're looking at where you are today. What is your situation? What is your health and wealth today? What's your family relationships? And then what we want to do, basically, in estate planning is put on our crystal ball a little bit. And we start saying, what if about future events? What if this happened? What if that happened? You know, rarely have we asked questions like, well, what if there's another pandemic? Never asked that in an estate planning before. Um, But maybe those are some questions we have to have uh, relative to your health care documents. Massive unemployment, civil unrest. You know, we haven't seen civil unrest like this uh, really since the civil rights movement in the 60s. So um, while this is unprecedented in many ways, there, there are roots in much of this. But with such great uncertainty, I'm really imploring you folks to think about yourselves and your family and protecting yourselves and your family and um, through the legal process of estate planning, such that as things do go wrong, you have a plan in place. This is how we stay in control. And so I'd encourage each of you to dust off those old plans that you might have. Let's take a look at them. Let's read through them. Let's see how they comport to the current law. You know, one of the situations we have that comes up very frequently and. um Ted, I think you had a story. We were talking about this the other day. And um, tell us a little bit about this, Clyde. This one came in where, you know, dad said something and daughter thought something, and things
3: weren't quite as everyone was under the belief. Yeah, and unfortunately, we have been seeing kind of a lot of these situations lately. So essentially what had happened is this... uh Lady had had a stroke in the middle of this uh, COVID uh, situation that we have going on, and she and her husband had both told their daughter that they had taken care of health care documents and taken care of their estate plan, when in fact they had not done that. Well, needless to say,
2: told their child.
3: They had an estate plan. They told him that that's exactly right. And and imagine the uh, I'm, I'm just going to call it horror when she found out that she, in fact, did not have anything in place. I'm talking about the mother here in the middle of a covid situation where no one was able to come and see her. No one was able to make medical decisions on her behalf. She was at the mercy of the hospital. And that was the extent of her communication, except for perhaps a few days later when she was able to actually be able to speak and you know, initially when you have strokes, uh the speech is one of those things that's very, very slow coming back and uh but the point is is that here she was essentially quarantined in this hospital and nobody was able to make any decisions for her, including the husband, which is a common misconception I think Rick out there about health care matters in particular that the husbands and wives will always have access to each other's health care information and each of them can make decisions for the other people. Well nothing frankly, could be further from the truth and and recently like I said these health care documents and and we'll, we'll we'll go through these here in a few minutes of what is important in this arena because it's critically important that you have these things in place now otherwise you're going to be like this poor lady and that is at the mercy of the hospital without any outside contact or assistance you know Ted one of the things we always
2: strive at good planning is that it shouldn't be done during a crisis you know if you're in the hospital and you know and need those documents that's a rough time to be able to do them, if at all possible, even. So it's really, really important that we um, review these documents and make sure they're up to date. And, you know, I've heard this many times where parents have told their children, yeah, 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 I've taken care of that. Don't worry about it. And usually when parents say that, more often than not, they haven't done it. Um, They know they should, which is why they're telling their children they didn't. Um, so I guess kids keep bugging.
3: <laughs> well, thankfully, thing- that's the case. You know, yeah. I mean, I think, I think in this case there was a, a great deal of guilt for not having done what they know they should have done very early on, right? And, and these people were getting up in years. And and so, needless to say, this problem has been resolved now. Thankfully, she was able to recover rather successfully from her stroke. And just the other day, guess what? We got it done. We got, so, we
2: get, well, we, we do get it done. We got it done. And, so, you know, that's the important thing to remember. If you are caught in a situation like that, don't don't delay any further. I mean, folks, we're open for business. Most law firms are available to provide you services in that either remotely or on limited in office uh, appointments. We're in that situation that yep. uh, we do a great amount of our work uh, remotely as best we can. But um, really, some legal services and certainly execution, notarization, witnessing of documents, it's a lot you know easier in person for everyone. Sometimes. It's really the only option that we have. So at Gregorick & Associates, uh, we've been uh, serving our clients, uh, both uh, new clients as well as our existing clients. We've been talking a lot about COVID. We've been talking a lot about medical issues. We've been talking a lot about people's finances who have diminished. Um, and that, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But, folks, you can uh, pick up that old-fashioned thing called a telephone, or you can flip it open if you got one of those, or one of the new flat screens, whatever. You can call us the old-fashioned way on the telephone. Phone. We're going to answer that during working hours at area code 425. 425- Two eight four thirty four fifty. That's our direct line, and Deanna or Acacia will take good care of you and uh, get all your information and get you scheduled. Um, sometimes we're doing phone consultations. Sometimes we're doing in person. Really kind of depends on the situation and the people involved. Obviously, if you're not healthy, we don't want you uh, endangering yourself, but um, we'll talk you through that, and we'll come up collectively with what's the best idea so you can uh, reach us by giving us a phone call during uh, Normal business hours, or call us right now and we'll call you back. 425 284 3450, and find us on the web at yourpartnerinlaw.com. So, yourpartnerinlaw.com will always get you right through to us. You know, so, folks, as we we're talking about this estate planning and looking towards the future, what should your estate plan say today? That it didn't say yesterday because of the changes in circumstance. We're going to talk about those changes in circumstances and some triggering events we always talk about of health and wealth and why you want to take a look at your plan. And then uh, hopefully we'll get some examples for you and kind of walk you through some of the common pitfalls. Because... Boy, just avoiding the most common pitfalls goes a long way in you having success at your estate plan. So, folks, uh, remember we are open for business and would love to um, talk with you and get our life plan organizer emailed to you to get jumpstart on your planning. Just go to yourpartnerinlaw.com, yourpartnerinlaw.com, and just request either a single or a married life plan organizer, and we'll get one out to you right away. Hey, we'll be right back after this quick break.
0: When we talk about estate planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney Rick
2: Redrick. And Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID nineteen is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times.
0: Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick, Gregor and Associates. They're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com.
4: Have you a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows us to stay in control of our care options, and maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. Hey, it's story, mods, and I highly recommend doing what my wife and I did: learn about all the new long-term care plans offered by Brian Ott and Five Two Five Advisors. Brian has a live webinar coming up this Saturday at 9 a.m. All of Brian's live webinars are free to attend. He'll teach you everything you. You need to know about long-term care, including all the new plans that are available. They protect your savings. They protect your family. And the plan we got pays us back if we never use it. Brian's live webinar is this Saturday. And you'll also get a free copy of Brian's ebook, A Guide to Long-Term Care Planning. Brian keeps the live webinar class size small to allow time for Q&A at the end. It's a great learning environment. Space is limited. Sign up now. 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. It's times like these that remind us how crucial
0: it is to make sure your family's health care documents and money management is in order. Hey, It's John Curley. Be proactive, have a plan, and do what's best for your family so everyone can have peace of mind. I can't recommend it enough. Talk to Rick Gregorick. He helped me in my estate plan, and Rick is open and ready to help make sure your plan is properly updated. And if you don't have an estate plan, Rick is absolutely the best in the area to create the proper plan to custom fit for your needs. Rick wants to encourage everyone to follow the guidelines being provided by local and state and federal governments to slow the growth of this deadly virus it's vitally important to invest in yourself and your family in a proper estate an elder law plan has never been more important rick gregorick and associates are open now and ready to help you you can schedule your complimentary consultation by calling 425-284-3450 that's 425-284-3450 or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com that's
1: yourpartnerinlaw.com Now, back to Your Partner-in-Law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and
2: AM 770 KTTH. Hey, folks. Welcome back to Your Partner-in-Law. We're so glad to be with you June 14th, 2020. One week away from Father's Day. One week away from Father's Day. Uh, That's not a... You know, a solicitation in any sort. But, you know, as dads out there, I think all of us that are dads, uh, this year more than ever, you know, we don't need another tie, guys. I, honestly, we don't. And, um, you know, call up, Skype call, you know, do what we can. Uh. New boat. New boat. No a new boat. Yeah, Ted's about to be about a boat. <laughs> I was really interested in this really cool boat, and I called the broker to get some additional information on. It. He says, "Oh, it's a bummer, dude. Just sold yesterday. Been the story of my life. That's it's a sold sales. Yesterday. That's
3: a sales. That's the oldest one in the in the book, Rick. They tell you it's sold, and then they call you back five days later, and the price has gone up, and they want you uh, to bid on it again.
2: Well, maybe that. We'll see if yeah, that's true. That's, I, that's not a
3: good way to capture my business. Well, but that's a sales tactic, and you've been you've fallen for it more than once in your life, and you just don't oh, want to God, admit it. All of it, especially when it's something you want. Yeah, oh, want is something you just go to the end of the earth to figure out how to get that stuff, don't you? You do. Hey, folks,
2: but um, turbulent times, I mean, you, we couldn't underscore it. I remember doing a series of workshops and seminars a um, long time ago, and we were going through a lot of economic crisis, as we may recall. We called that turbulent times. You know, in some ways, that was a walk in the park. The Great Recession, if we will, of 2008 and nine. You know compared to what I'm sitting here today, that was a walk in the park. I mean, what we have today with covid nineteen forty million people unemployed over a hundred and what twelve thirteen thousand u s citizens have succumbed to covid um Protest uh, following the you know brutal killing of um, George Floyd, just unconscionable, uh, leading to the protest, and then unfortunately the protest turning uh, violent in many cases, looting, rioting. Uh, there's been deaths, the property damage is incalculable at this time, and it's ongoing. We have a city under siege in Seattle. Um, we're being watched around the world, folks. And uh, things are happening all over the place that have um, really um, stood our economy and our society kind of on its head. And where we go from here is the big question. And it's because of that question, where do we go from here, that I'm concerned for you and me and our futures. And that's why I think the underscoring of having an estate plan that is up to date and current and reflective of where we are as a society today. Um, I think you would be well served by reviewing your old estate plans and then getting those reviewed with an attorney. We'd certainly love to see. As you know, Greg and Associates is open for business, uh, both remotely and limited in office. So please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. This is your partner is an easy way to do that. So we were talking a little bit uh, earlier about Making sure that our documents are up to date with the right people. And not just that we have a document named a power of attorney. But what does that power of attorney actually empower your agent to do is what's important. I've got Ted here with me still. And, um, you know, Ted deals with a lot of this with his his clients because he deals with uh, an aging population in the elder law world. Lots of um, infirmaries of every type. And uh, so, Ted, you have a lot of really heart-to-heart conversations with folks as they're grappling with a lot of these difficult decisions and especially now under the backdrop of
3: where we are well i do and i've always had them it's just recently it's just become kind of a a great deal more focused on health care documents primarily and and just kind of to lay some background here so people know what we're talking about rick it's uh in our office, uh, and and we're we're again just talking about the medical document components of an estate plan, but we do uh, what we call a HIPAA release, which is literally what it sounds like. It's a a four-page release in this case that lists some people that you authorize to uh, obtain medical records and to be able to speak to a doctor. It does not include medical decision-making. It's just a a release. It is what it sounds like, but HIPAA has to do with the... uh, a privacy act, the Healthcare Privacy Portability Act, which essentially says that unless I authorize it, I am the only person that has access to my medical care and only one making my medical decisions. So, and the second document in that set would be what we call our medical durable power of attorney for healthcare, and uh, that is what it sounds like as well—a very different function uh, than a power of attorney for assets. It doesn't function the same, although it does have the same basic concepts, and that is you appoint an agent to make medical decisions. On your behalf, and that document does carry with it the ability to make medical decisions in the event you 're unable to give informed consent to your doctor and then finally, what we 've been talking kind of a great deal about lately is what we call a living wills or advanced health care directives they 're sometimes known as which are your end-of-life decisions, and how do those decisions dovetail with your medical durable power of attorney, and what actually does that document say, and under what circumstances does that kick in, and does it, or should it be modified under the current situation to allow for, in the appropriate cases, things that you otherwise would not choose to have, like intubation and, and a respirator, right? Yeah, you know, let's talk about that a little, Ted, because I think this is an area
2: that uh, we all got a huge education on as COVID came out, and we all learned about Uh, intubation and being put on a ventilator, Um, you know, one of those real expensive machines that we needed to make a whole bunch of. And that ventilator, um, you know, we've had ventilators since approximately uh, 1975, around that, maybe a little bit earlier, early 70s when ventilators first uh, were invented, and they've saved many, many lives. Um, But they they don't come without their complications as well. And, you know, many folks, as we get up into more advanced ages, we sign our living wills and that, that we don't want to be put on a ventilator if our death is imminent. So that the way these statutes work, folks, it says if your death is imminent, with or without the application of life-saving measures, you would prefer to be allowed to die naturally. Most of us want that. Most of us want that under normal circumstances. But let's say today you, you succumb to coronavirus and you're in the hospital and there's a need to put you on a ventilator. There is a possibility that if you have a standard living will from Washington, that that document would direct the doctors not to put you on a ventilator. So many of us are having to amend some of the um, language, or actually we supplement the language in the living will to maybe address COVID, or maybe you can have a delegate come in and assist with the decision on whether or not to be intubated and put on a ventilator um, vis-a-vis Covid, so a lot of different things here. This has really had some huge discussions. Unfortunately, the national press—it's actually been mentioned a little tiny bit. It's in printed press, but let's get real, folks. What everybody wants to hear is all the sensationalism and seeing the riots and seeing you know all the this type of stuff. What we're trying to bring to you is stuff that you can actually do something about right now, and that you can um, make sure you're protecting yourself and your family and your loved ones by having proper state planning documents that are current and updated. And as Ted's been saying, your health care documents are crucial, folks. They've always been crucial. But th- this heightened situation that we're in right now is just um, really, really, really important. So I just can't underscore it enough. And um, also that uh, the law firm of Gregor and Associates, uh, my home away from home, is um that is my second home really and so we're open for business we're here to help we're here to help you you know, just want to talk we can you know set up a phone consultation time there's all kinds of ways that we can work with you both remotely and in office um, we've even been making house calls we've been out to the hospice units we've um, you know, ted you've been to court a few times i mean you know life you know we we are working through this, and we want to help you. And And I think I was talking to some folks the other day. They said, oh, geez, I didn't know you guys were open. And I said, well, this takes a phone call to find out. But, yeah, we are, in fact, open. You can call us uh, at our office number is 425 284 345 Zero, Area code four two five two eight four three four five zero, And we're certainly here to help you. And you can also contact us very easy. Just go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. And just go ahead and send us, uh, contact the attorney and ask us a question. Ask our, for a life plan organizer, whether you're married or single. We'll get you started on the right path. We really are here to help, and we really do want to support you and your family uh, during this crisis. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, more of your partner in law. Stay tuned.
0: When we talk about estate planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Gregrich. And Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John.
2: There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both. So everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times.
0: Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick, Gregor and Associates. They're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com.
4: Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows us to stay in control of our care options and maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. Hey, it's Story and I highly recommend doing what my wife and I did. Learn about all the new long-term care plans offered by Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Brian has a live webinar coming up this Saturday at 9 a.m. All of Brian's live webinars are free to attend. He'll teach you everything you you need to know about long-term care, including all the new plans that are available. They protect your savings. They protect your family. And the plan we got pays us back if we never use it. Brian's live webinar is this Saturday, and you'll also get a free copy of Brian's ebook, A Guide to Long-Term Care Planning. Brian keeps the live webinar class size small to allow time for Q&A at the end. It's a great learning environment. Space is limited. Sign up now. 525 longtermcare.com. That's 525 longtermcare.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo
1: Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick.
2: And welcome back to Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick, and I'm here with attorney Ted Hansen, And we're having another, uh, you know, morning chat with you here from an undisclosed location in Kirkland. I did remind people last break that uh, today is... June 14th, and uh, one week from Father's Day.
3: <laughs>
2: did I say that? Out, did that come out out loud? I think I've heard that twice now. Three times. Okay. No hints out there. Anyhow, folks, um, somber times that we have. Um we're recording the show here on Friday. I hope there's nothing grossly significant on Friday, or excuse me, on Saturday.
3: Over the weekends, always the weekend. always something changes, always doesn't it? Always something, yeah.
2: but um, this is something that's been very unusual for us to do the show in this manner. Um, we'd certainly rather be live on air and talking with you. That's certainly more exciting than being in a an you know, uh, undisclosed location in Kirkland. Um, wouldn't be our office by any chance, but uh, here we are. So anyhow, folks, you know, we're talking about estate planning and really the heightened need during this pandemic and during the, you know, everything that has occurred since COVID-19 started. And, you know, unemployment, uh, this has me deeply troubled. Um Obviously, the protests, um, the riots, uh, the looting, the property damage, um, these indeed are troubled, turbulent times. And uh, with so much uncertainty ahead, this is why we want to plan. So, Ted, you'd mentioned earlier about um, the medical durable power of attorney, and then he alluded to a general durable power of attorney to take care of housing and financial matters. Walk our clients through a little bit about these documents and what we really want to see in them today.
3: Well, first of all, it's not uncommon, and I see this all the time, that uh, health care matters and financial matters are combined into one document. Um, we, that, 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 that's uh, Technically, that's fine, but practically speaking, they address two different topics, and we treat them as two separate documents in our firm, We have one that manages just money and one that manages just health. Now, it's not unusual that the same person may be the agent under both of those powers of attorney. However, they address very different topics. And when talking to doctors, the one thing that doctors really dislike is going through a 40-page power of attorney to find the one or two provisions that authorize them to do what it is that you're trying to get them to do. Well, you
2: know, Ted, I've noticed in documents where they have both health care and financial, more often than not, the medical portion really gets shortchanged. Like you it, said, it, one or two it, paragraphs.
3: Well, if yeah, one, typically, right? I mean, it's one kind of broad swath yeah. Oh, paragraph. by the way, I take care of my medical stuff. Yeah, but it doesn't address really critical issues in there. For example, pain relief and, and, and home care and, and how are we going to create a system by which we can hire and fire somebody to bring into our home if we need to and, and all of these things that are not ever captured in one of those types of powers of attorney, at least not one that I've seen and And practitioners that do this on a a day-to-day basis realize the importance of keeping these things separate... Yeah, because they address separate topics, and it just makes sense to do that. Well, separate topic, separate and, audience. And frankly, Rick, I think it's easier for clients to understand when we go through these documents that this is what this is about, and this is what it's not about, and this is how we fix the part that it's not about. Well, we put another document in place, right? Because I get to ask that all the time, and they, they look through and they say, "Well, where are all the health care provision?" And I say, "Well, we have a separate document for that." And then by the time they get done, you know, with the consultation, they understand the difference and the significance of having them has two different documents, right? So it's uh, important, I think, to keep them separate. That's always been the practice here, and and I see no reason to change that and combine them. I frankly don't. You
2: know? no, well, you know, we have another area where it's kind of similar because we oftentimes see living will provisions placed inside of a power of That's attorney for health care uh, yeah. or a general mixed one. And, we, again, we get the short change, but that document, I... I always want that living will, that care directive, to be a separate document. Absolutely, because
3: it might be used at different times. Well, yeah, not to mention the uh, execution of a document like that that contains, frankly, a document that needs to be witnessed and attested to, just like a will does. And I think frequently that's overlooked. I think I think many times you'll get a die that's just notarized, right? And so, practically speaking, I'm not sure that works at all. Frankly, I, I, I kind of think it doesn't. Yeah, I, I think and, it doesn't either. And and, and and, and I see that sometimes in these things, and and you know these these are all really really separate separate events. It's like I said earlier, the HIPAA release has its purpose, the medical durable has its purpose, and the living will certainly has its purpose. And cramming them into one document, in my opinion, is just sloppy, and and it it just detracts from what it is you're you're focusing on, and that is having these things address a particular subject. Uh, is appropriate and and again we 're talking about a subset of estate planning documents that should be in every complete estate plan. they just should be
2: yeah no it, whether you have a will based plan or a trust based plan yeah, that doesn 't matter you, you, you right. need powers of attorney That's right to manage money and housing decisions, you need a durable power of attorney to take care of health care, medical and hospital decisions, you need a living will to deal with end of life decisions. And what happens there. And then beyond that, you know, many of you um, have indicated that you want to be an organ donor on your driver's license. If you're not sure, pull out your wallet and take a look. If there's a little red heart on your driver's license, you're on the donor list. But what does that mean? Well, it means that if someone calls up and says, hey, um, we'd like the next 50 bodies that come through your uh, morgue uh, because we need cadavers. Well, that's organ donation, folks. You're just donating all of them intact. In, in now, you know, that's great for people who want to do that, but it may not be for everybody. Most people, when they think of... Anatomical gifting, organ donation—they think of a heart or a yeah, liver eyes or something like that, and right? Something pretty common. Not,
3: not the whole freezer package, not, I call it. When, right. That's what I call it when I talk to people about whole body and, donation. And,
2: and God bless the people who donate their bodies. Yeah. I mean, really, I it, mean,
3: yeah, God and, bless. You. And more and more, Rick, we're seeing like professional athletes, in particular, donating their brains and things of that nature—specific items that they donate—and uh, those are all done through an anatomical gifting form or a, or a declaration right. of one type or another.
2: Well, and you know, so and we talking about our clients is organ donation is to two different types of situations. One situation some of your parts or stuff is going into a live person to save their life. That's what a lot of us think about. But then the other part, which is probably far greater in volume, would be research and education. Well, it's research and education that allows us to do all these miraculous transplants and things like that. So um, it's pretty clear, the chicken and the egg, we have to have the technology before we can do it. But, you know, everyone has different views on this. You know, of all the legal documents we talk about, oftentimes... The end-of-life document, the living will, and this organ donation anatomical gifting document can really
3: dominate conversation because it's eye-opening for most people. Yeah, it is, and husbands and wives frequently disagree about it, and, and it can be a great cause of concern, and it is certainly... a great cause of concern for people who have ever been near death in a hospital situation they're not quite sure how that would play out and whether or not they would in fact you know have the same view had they not had that prior experience so you know that is one of those items that people take a look at and and it doesn't have to be the same folks if you're married you don't have to make the same choices uh, but it is a topic of great discussion and it's not a particularly long document but it certainly raises eyebrows and gets people thinking about things and and part of estate planning Rick and, and we've gone through these reasons why people don't do it and, and this is one of those reasons because they just don't want to talk about their own mortality and and what the back end of that's going to look like in many ways and so this is one of those areas that gets a little bit dicey for people but I think most of us know if we've ever seen it or had a loved one on in a situation like that, that I, I've seen this go both ways. I, I've seen people tell me, you know, but for the life-saving measures, I wouldn't have had the last few minutes with my mother. And then I've seen it just the opposite. That was the worst death I've ever seen. It went on for three months, and it should have been cut off months ago. And so I've seen this rub both ways, and and it really is one of those documents that gets people kind of thinking. And and uh, well, it's got a lot of emotion in it. It's got a lot of emotion in it, and. and part of the part of the reason for that living will is to eliminate guilt for the person having to act on it both the physicians and for your loved ones right that is a big part of that document so when i talk about that document that's how i approach it with people
2: you know it it really is important that we Keep things in mind, and you know estate planning deals with emotions, it deals with your health, it deals what your potential future health may be, what declines might be in your future and then of course, we backdrop into it all the money. the money's kind of the resource issue. the people in your plan and yourself and your health that ha- those are big drivers in your estate plan and how it 's designed and what you do because timing can be everything. hey folks, Greg Rick and associates is. Opened for business, uh, either remotely or limited in-office, as we have been now for a number of weeks. Uh, the in-office is gradually increasing just a little bit. Good news. Make, makes you feel really good when you do something that's old-fashioned normal. And I hope we get back to a lot of that old-fashioned normal
3: stuff yeah. as uh, best we can. And we do this safely. We glove up and we mask <laughs> up, and you sit at the other end of a nine-foot-long conference table. And so, you know, it's as safe as an environment as we can create for you folks out. Out there for those of you who want to sit down with us in person. And, and let me tell you, eyeball time is critically important in this business as far as I'm concerned. So
2: It, it really, really does help. So, hey, you can uh, reach us at yourpartnerinlaw.com and uh, ask us a question there. You can also link right directly through to the law firm, check out all the services and things we do, estate planning, real estate, business law, whole plethora of stuff out there. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Hang in there. When we talk about
0: estate planning and elder law, There are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney Rick Regrick
2: and Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times.
0: Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick. Gregor and Associates they're open. They're essential business and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com.
4: Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows us to stay in control of our care options and maybe most importantly it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation Hey, Story Mods and I highly recommend doing what my wife and I did learn about all the new long term care plans offered by Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. Brian has a live webinar coming up this Saturday at 9am. All of Brian's live webinars are free to attend he'll teach you everything you need to know about long term care including all the new plans that are available. They protect your savings they protect your family and the plan we got pays us back if we never use it brian's live webinar is this saturday and you'll also get a free copy of brian's ebook a guide to long-term care planning brian keeps the live webinar class size small to allow time for q a at the end it's a great learning environment space is limited sign up now 525 longtermcare.com that's 525 longtermcare.com
1: now back to your partner in law with rick gregorick on Cairo Radio
2: 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Hi Rick Gregory, and you're listening to your partner in law. So glad to be with you again today. And uh, we've got a you know one more segment to talk with you here and you know time goes so fast. We've been uh, kind of focusing a little bit in the show today about um, the uncertainties that lie ahead and especially ensuring that Within your estate plan, your medical documents are current, up to date. You know, don't leave holes in these folks. You know, um, we were talking earlier about, you know, oftentimes people combine. financial and medical durable powers together, and sometimes, oh, what the heck, I'll just throw the living will provisions in that same document. And Ted was saying that, you know, that can be very problematic because the requirements to execute a power of attorney are less than the requirements to create a living will. A living will requirements and the signings are much more akin to signing your will um, with multiple witnesses and notaries, where a power of attorney. Can be incorporate, or can be established with either a witness only or a notary only. So it you know arguably that a power of attorney containing um, living will provisions that was not incorp that was not witnessed and notarized properly with two witnesses and notary um, is it's likely yeah. would be ineffective. Yeah. And that, God, that's the worst thing in the world is to think you have a document that's going to work and that doesn't. Sadly, that is a reality for many. Yeah. Now, the ones who have this starkest reality, of course, are the ones who do your own planning. Because, you know, it's easy, right? You could just print stuff off the Internet, stick your name on it, and it's easy. You know, why in the heck do these lawyers go to school and get a doctorate degree in this stuff? You know, it's so easy. Why do we need all that?
3: Yeah, well, that's a common misconception, <laughs> and, too. Um, and...
2: nothing could be more uh, far from the truth. In fact, Ted and I were talking the other day about, you know, the significant amount of litigation that surrounds powers of attorney of all types. And in almost every situation, it's because they were either self drafted documents, something downloaded off the internet, or they copied their neighbors, they wrote it up themselves, or it's just so darn old. It was written years ago under different rules and laws. And folks, they just can't last forever. These are documents that are relative to certain periods of time, relative to certain laws and it's really incumbent upon us to keep them tuned up and and ready to go because, Ted, how many cases, even just just last year, you had – Quite a well, few I, I power of attorney cases. I,
3: I do. We get them all the time. And, 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 unfortunately, usually it's it's abuse cases and elder abuse at that. It's, it's rarely young people that get into these kind of scrapes, although, although that happens, too. Uh, these are typically cases where, uh, unfortunately, 99% of this kind of abuse is at the hands of a family member, unfortunately. And usually it's... Uh, the result of having the wrong people in your plan. You trusted your son and all of a sudden you wake up one day and not only do you not have a place to live, but your money's gone and you need to have care and how's that going to get paid for now and they've done some nefarious things with your money and like I keep telling you folks when I talk about this, I can always get the person before me generally before the court, but I can rarely get the money back. It's it's a very sad situation and usually comes with some rather harsh tax implications for people as well, particularly with uh, children that drain IRA accounts and that sort of thing, leaving mom holding the bag tax-wise, which is a very common occurrence and a very scary uh, position to find yourself in. And uh, so the point is is that these people you have in these positions of power, you, you really, really need to trust them implicitly and and be comfortable that they can do anything with your money that you can do. And that is a very, very difficult place for most people to come to to begin with, yet alone having that play out in real life when somebody else is actually managing something you've managed your entire life. Uh, So it gets a little bit harsh in that regard sometimes.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the other thing where planning oftentimes goes awry, and, again, this usually goes back to self-help or people that don't do an estate plan at all, per se. But they come and tell me, I've taken care of everything because I've told my wife and my two sons what to do. Well, (laughs) I know, Dad. You told them what to do. The problem is you didn't give them any tools to do the job. So, Dad, it's like telling them, hey, wife, hey, son, I want you to go build a room addition out back. And then you walk away. Great. You gave them instructions, but do they have the skills? Do they know how to build a room addition? Do they have the tools? And, 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 you know, that's kind of what the deal is. You know, you've got to give your family members, your spouse, your children or whomever is going to be, you know, responsible for acting for you. If you can't act for yourself, whether you be a trustee, an agent, uh, executor, any fiduciary position where you're providing uh, services to another, and especially when that other person is incapacitated um, your fiduciary duties are quite significant. Absolutely. And a lot of responsibility. And as Ted just said, something that is, I found so disturbing, and this has been a fact since I started practicing law and got into law over 20, well, almost 25 years ago now, and that about 65-plus percent of all abuse of vulnerable adults comes at the
3: hands of close family members. Yeah, I, th- I actually think it's a little higher than that, but it, but typically it is. We we do get the occasional one-offs, you know, with the caregivers, and I think everybody's heard these stories too, where the yeah. caregiver ends up with a significant poor or the house, you know. Well, I uh, I hear this a lot you know, too. Ted, that's
2: a great point because we hear when it's an outsider, yeah, that makes the news. Gal from Seven Eleven rips off an yep, old lady. Those we hear, that's we right. We hear those, yep. and yet those are not. Yeah. the most significant part. Yeah, we don't hear the loved
3: child taking it's all mom's or 70%, money. Or
2: seventy percent, sixty-five yeah. or seventy-five. Either way, it's a vast majority of that. And his family,
3: know, his family, and with that comes the double sting, right? It has the betrayal component, uh, right? And and it also has the financial component to it. And and for people that are in that position, the emotional toll of that sometimes is absolutely overwhelming for them, I and mean, they just can't believe that that child would do what that child has done. And and let me tell you. It, it does and i and and it's just a horrible epidemic It's a growing area of the law it's it's very difficult to prosecute from a criminal standpoint cuz usually you're dealing with somebody whose testimony is 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 not able to be taken because they're mentally infirmed or something similar to that and and you know in the criminal world it's a different standard as it's uh, compared with the civil world in terms of the burden of proof that you need so
2: well ted i'm i'm i am very concerned right now of a potential spike in abusive, vulnerable. Oh yeah, violence. I think
3: so, particularly with a lot of people unemployed and yes, looking for I'm, sources I'm of money. Very, very concerned, and, and here. I do think that that will that will go up. You know, I mean, it's it's just unfortunate uh, circumstance. It it happens even when times are good, but it's more likely to happen, particularly now where you're where you're more isolated for one, which is the key to all abuse, no matter what type of abuse it is. There's one key element that's common among all types of abuse, and that's isolation. That is. Rem- Moving that person from their normal scope of influence, their normal scope of friends, uh, normal scope of family, in many cases, and that is the key ingredient in making financial and most types of abuse work is that and isolate that, that issue. folks yeah.
2: in that. So, folks, I, I am very concerned.
3: Um, you know, with as
2: many people that are out of that are unemployed, out of work, uh, losing money, investments have gone down. And all of a sudden, sometimes people start looking and say, oh, there's grandma over there. And grandma's got a house that it's all paid for. Now, maybe that's all grandma's got. The house paid off. And that's the case in many cases. And So abuse comes in the fact that you go to grandma and you say, hey, grandma, I lost my job. I don't have any money. How about you refinance your house and give me some money? Now, that in and of itself might lead to abuse. Because maybe grandma's not 100% with it. Grandma's got no other money. She's got Social Security and her home. And so to come in and take away a person's only security by encumbering that with the loan, that very well may be abuse. Absolutely. And, you know, so, folks, sometimes you do things that are everyday kind of sort of things. But going to your grandparents, your great grandparents, these seniors or elder people, and especially if they have some level of cognitive impairment, and asking them to solve your financial problems by, you know, gifting to you or refinancing their house, uh, yeah, we, we see it all. I mean, and we see a lot of it, folks. Uh, so this isn't a one-off. This, yeah. this, is, this a is
3: very unfortunate. And this
2: it? is as every bit as epidemic as COVID. And it is.
3: It's um, and, and really the result's the same, too, because then you're scratching your head wondering what to do, and it's very much like this COVID, and COVID's a really good analogy for why estate planning is important, because when this thing hit, nobody knew what was going to, this was new, right? Nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew the impact. We're kind of all running around like chickens with our heads cut off until we got some protocol in place that took quite a while to, to get in place, even if it's effective at all in some measures, you know, the masking and that sort of thing. We're not even Convinced that's you know a hundred percent of the cure here. It certainly is a prominent social event now, <laughs> masking up and things of that nature. But nevertheless, there's a lot of analogies between this and the biggest one is that I never saw this coming, right?
2: Oh yeah, and it's just overwhelming. And uh, well, so folks, we're uh, boy, we're bucking up against the hour again here. It uh, goes so darn fast, and uh, there's so much to talk about. Give us a call: four two five two eight four. 3450, that gets you right directly through the law firm. We are open for business. That's Gregorick and Associates. You can find us on the web real easy. Just go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com, and you can uh, learn all about us there, send us questions. You can uh, tab through to RJG Legal. That's the law firm right from your partner in law. So we look forward to seeing you in the future. Please stay safe and healthy, and take a look at those documents we've been telling you. Be nice to one another. Yes. And next Sunday is Father's Father's Day. Day.
3: Rick wants a boat.
2: Thanks for listening to
1: Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick. Tune in next Sunday morning at 9 to your partner-in-law with your host, Rick Gregorick. Simulcast on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770
0: KTTH. When we talk about estate planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Redrick. And
2: Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan changes in health or wealth. COVID 19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times.
0: Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick, Gregor and Associates. They're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com.